0: what's up guys welcome to another bonus episode of the sons of legends it's your boy art dog here with your homeboy mj gunner what's up what's up how's it
1: going ladies and gentlemen
0: and of course you know you can listen to regular episodes on redgool.net with the rgtr family you can also listen to it on youtube every tuesday live at nine o'clock central time Uh, We have got these bonus episodes list cracking, and we're going to keep them coming for you. This week, we got the list of the top 10 greatest promo cutters of all time. And we made sure to try to go over it a little bit so we wouldn't have the exact same people on our list. Because we keep doing that week after week. Because some people are just undeniable, Mm -hmm. but... This time around, we wanted to make sure to have different people on the list. I kind of know Gunners, but I don't really remember it. But he doesn't know mine at all, so everything that he's gonna be reacting to.
1: I'm uh, looking forward to this episode. Uh, Mike works very important in pro wrestling. It's uh, sometimes more important than ring work because oh, you got to be able to hold the crowd's attention, and sometimes. Uh, killer promos could do that better than killer matches can. You know, people show up to listen to you talk and entertain them in a funny segment. And some the people thing.
0: some people had like great debuts yeah. on the microphone. Some people had like uh, great endings on the microphone. Yeah. Like the Ultimate Warrior, you know what I mean? He had probably the greatest ending of all time.
1: It probably was. I mean...
0: He cut like the best you can't promo, write yeah, stuff like that. The day before he died, yeah,
1: yeah, you you just can't plan stuff like that out. Like it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's
1: The day before he passes away, he, he, gives he an amazing this promo,
0: epic. Like I mean, those words will never be forgotten. Every man. Every heart beats his last beat, every man breathes his last breath, but if what that man's done throughout his life can resonate through others, then that man's life was worth something. You know what and I mean? That's
1: warrior will
0: live forever, he says. Will run wi- forever. Screw. You know what I mean? That's wild. So a promo can, like, I mean, their debut can be the most important thing when they hit that microphone, so...
1: Yeah, I put in a a couple of managers, too, because uh, managers should definitely count because they have to uh, be good on the mic to uh, make you care about their person. And sometimes a manager can sell somebody to the point where
0: they don't have to say a word.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's their job to make you care about their guy or their girl. And
0: Never really heard Yokozuna say anything. Manager's job. Mr. He Fuji did that. He said, Banzai! The-
1: yeah. you know, that, that was his
0: saying. Mr. Fuji did all the talking, you know what I mean? We have, you know, Brother Love introducing Taker and, you know, Million Dollar Man had his... Corporation. all Heyman talks
1: for Brock Lesnar. Yeah,
0: you got a lot of these people. So, yeah, this list is gonna be very interesting, very excited, and I am ready to jump in. So, all here right. is the top ten promo cutters of all time. All right, Gunner, go. number ten.
1: All right, my number ten is Raven. I really enjoy Raven's uh promo work. You know, he's just out there. You yeah, know, just he speaks in, in. Uh, kind of old-timey ways, but uh, it makes sense. It was almost poetic yeah, the way that's, he that's was Yeah, that's what it was. It's poetic. You know, he's got a poetry uh, a very poetry style. And uh, I also really liked his character. You know, the the poor, depressed guy, but he's also really rich. rich you know, yeah, like, like, that he came from a, a
0: silver spoon, but hated a, his
1: life. That puts a, a twist on it. Yeah, you know? like people would think that this guy doesn't have anything to be dark and sad and depressed about. And.
0: Turns out and that Raven. he's rich, his mug, <laughs> hates his life or whatever. I mean, his work in, in ECW, his work in WCW with the flock was insane. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? But that stint that he had with Tommy Dreamer really yeah. showed us the Raven character.
1: Yeah. And I thought, you know, his cult-like following was pretty yeah.
0: cool too. His flock was yeah. everywhere. I mean, people started, like, tying that flannel jacket around <laughs> their waist.
1: It's the look now. You it know is. What I it's mean? a look.
0: That leather jacket up top, the flannel jacket <laughs> around grunge, the bottom. Man, that's
1: grunge now. Yeah. It's a look.
0: I mean, Raven was a big influence on that microphone. Yeah. So yeah, understandable. Uh, my number ten is Enzo Amore. I feel like Enzo Amore's whole career was built on the microphone. It definitely was. His whole yeah. career, he was found on YouTube talking. He was brought in talking. His whole tag team, he got beat up, but he was the one that people wanted to
1: hear. I mean, that that's his appeal, what he does on the microphone. He's got some uh, he's pretty good on the microphone. You know, he's got his uh his nice catchphrase. I, yeah. like, I like his catchphrase. Every, I mean he He had the whole when you can
0: have forty thousand people saying a paragraph
1: together, not just a line. I mean a paragraph. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that uh made him stuck out, you know, he's got this uh, unique part of his entrance. Every time he comes out there, he does uh, the thing where he comes out there with the you can't teach that Yeah, kind of thing. My name is Enzo Amore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a certified a G, G
0: and, and you can't study, you can't teach that. <laughs> And this is big big fat, And he's seven feet tall. And you can't... He had people saying every single word all the way down to Carmella. Yeah. And you can't teach that. Bada boom, bada bing.
1: Bada boom, real guys in the room.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? mean? This dude, I mean, his whole career, his whole appeal was built on the microphone. He
1: couldn't barely wrestle a lick. Yeah. And the argument could be made that he was more popular than Big Cass. He definitely was yeah. because
0: he went on to become a champion after the tag team broke up. Yeah. Guess who didn't? Big Cass. Yeah, he, But he has a little run, though. It's a solo run. I liked it. But Enzo brought bro, the champion. Cruiserweight title to the main event of Monday Night Raw because of his microphone skills. Yeah, that's true. They let him beat Neville. One mm-hmm. of the best wrestlers in the world because he was better on the microphone. That one was a god in the cruiserweight division. You hear me? Yeah. And he was knocked off by Enzo Amore because of
1: his promo. Because
0: work. of his mic work.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely true. That's a good pick.
0: Yeah, definitely. Right. My number ten is Enzo Amore, and the only reason he's not higher is because his career is not longer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Number nine for me was a uh, is a uh, Triple H. Yeah. Triple H is he can do it just about anything on the microphone. <coughs> like he could do those funny segments with DX. You can also do the the championship segments with Evolution. Like yeah. Triple H knows how to work the mic. And when he did the pompous uh, Yeah, he's a Hunter Huss Helmsley. He, he's
0: got a good British accent. And I'm here too. to clean up the WWE. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean the way he came in with this such an attitude. And the way he was on a mic, Mike made you hate him. And then all of a sudden, he turned into this party guy. Yeah. That we were like, who's this? Where has this guy been the whole time? And he's coming out amping everybody up with the "Are you ready?"
1: And then he, and then we, did he goes to the kind of a jerk party guy when he was with Stephanie. I mean, I feel back like back
0: I feel like that interview that he did with Jr. Mm-hmm. Really set the tone yeah, when he yeah. was like, "I am the game." Right, like nobody knows this business like me. I eat sleep. Like he let you know what it was. Yeah. That was one of those pivotal promos that switched his character immediately. Mm-hmm. And there's not many people that can automatically change a character just from a promo. Mm-hmm. And he did that. Yeah, easily. Definitely that's,
1: that's
0: true. Easily. Then you like you get into the evolution.
1: Stuff he that he was doing, stuff, you know, he yeah. he kept one of the best promos that I've ever seen in Authority. You know, mocking us, uh, getting on social media and everything. Oh yeah, when he <laughs> took yeah, uh, me one. and my friend Mike are gonna stop. Watching. <laughs> no, he you know, he had me. He's like, that's right, and, you know, go, that's right, <laughs> that's, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah, that's right. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna
0: tweet it. <laughs> gonna and I mean, he literally fingers, was m- mocking us. And we just found it hilarious because it's one. so true.
1: Yeah, that was a good. That one. was a great one. one.
0: Yeah, Trip deserves a spot <laughs> on this mug. So yeah, number nine for you, Triple H. Number nine for me is his cohort, the Road Dog, Jesse James, because my guy, a- another guy like these guys, can have you saying paragraphs of things. like when you can have. A whole stadium of people, you know, chanting along everything that you're saying. And he was saying it fast, too. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, D Generation X proudly brings to you his WWF tag team champions of the world. I mean, he had, and when he got to that part, the world, like the roof came off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Road Dog, Jesse James, the badass Billy Gunn, the new. Age, outlaw. I mean, this guy was clean on the microphone. He Another person was. who didn't have like the best wrestling skills, but they make
1: up for it if you got the mic, mic work, baby.
0: You gotta have one of the other. You 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 gotta you gotta be extraordinary. And one at or one of the other or the other, yeah, and the exactly road dog true. on that microphone. I mean, even when he was with K Quick. Mm -hmm. When he was with Jesse, when he was with Jeff Jarrett singing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because he
0: literally started off as a roadie Mm -hmm. and And then turned into (laughs) the the guy singing, I Can't Wait to Be Alone with Mother. Like, he was the one who was singing behind Jeff Jarrett's lip singing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's his storyline. And he, the K Quick with the rapping. Mm -hmm. Then D Generation X. And then the hardcore title, Intercontinental, you know what I mean? All like really based around this excellent
1: mic work that he did. Yeah, it's definitely true. Road dog was a uh, pretty dope on that microphone. He
0: definitely was a killer on the mic. Alright, uh
1: eight number eight for me is the macho man, Randy Savage. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He gets this based off uh uniqueness alone, like and uh, the, how, lasting, how lasting his stuff on the mic was. Like, he's, he's still quoted today. Yeah. You know, you say, oh, yeah, and that raspy voice. Everybody knows. Who you're talking about. It's the about. macho man. And not even, you know, people that I can't barely s- watch wrestling would know. Randy I cannot
0: Savage. see a Slim Jim without <laughs> thinking of the macho man
1: screaming at me, snap it to a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... You know, uh it was cool back in the day watching him cut these promos because you know, you didn't really understand what he was saying all the time because he got do. the because he's got the he you know he speaks in uh rhymes sometimes, you know, he he speaks in unorthodox uh sayings and everything. But uh yeah, he definitely kept your attention though. Uh, man, I can remember a bunch of promos from
0: Macho Man. And, and i you mean understood every word he every said. Every word. Here's the grind down. That's for Tito Santana when he sheds his tears after I
1: whoop him tonight. Well, that, that's one thing. Yeah, I he you know, got sayings in there. He Did gets,
0: he has this type of thing where he gets real quiet on yeah. you and gets to whispering, and then he gets real lamp <laughs> on you. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was like. It was mic work like nobody yeah, else. I love watching Nobody him. has that type of voice. And I mean, it was a point where Jay Lethal literally made a career off of mimicking I love the Michio macho man Randy Savage. Yeah. And it's crazy that you can have somebody that's that iconic where you can make a completely different person off the exact same persona knowing that he's mocking him. Mm. That's crazy. Macho Man was a one-of-a-kind. Yeah. All that's right. On the mic. Especially on the microphone. Alright, my number eight is out there, you hear me? But it's well-deserved, and that's my guy Bubba Ray Dudley. This really? guy was able to start a riot in ECW. Like, he literally had crowds ready to kill him. Like, literally kill him. When he was with the Dudley Boys, him... But uh, Divon, Big Dig Dudley, Joel Gertner, and Spike was kind of on the outs and stuff. I mean, Bubba Ray could come in there and be like, that fat person in the front right there. You want to, like, he would make you so angry. He had grandmas swinging at him, <laughs> like swinging at him in ECW. He was Ridiculous, and now that he came to WWE, and he was able to hold first off, started with the stuttering thing mm-hmm. to make you kind of laugh. But then, when they turned into like the real 3D, like he did all the for real mic work, yeah. all of it aces and eights, him, you know what I mean, like Bubba mm-hmm. Ray had a long, extensive career,
1: and people sleep on his mic work for real. I get that. I get that. I he <laughs> get that. He was all one of those guys. Yeah, he doesn't get the appreciation he deserves for the mic work. But, uh yeah, he's got his own sayings, too, that's pretty, uh, that'll go down in wrestling history. You know, get the table. D-Von. You know, D-Von get the table. And he just look around,
0: and people will be waiting, like, sitting on pins and tables to scream. Get the table. You know what I mean. I mean, Devon is so underappreciated when it comes to the. I mean, Bubba Ray is so underappreciated when it comes to that microphone that people don't even realize Devon barely said anything. Yes.
1: Oh, my brother
0: testified mm-hmm. like he barely said that much until he got on his own. Bubba did all the talking most of the time, and he understands the wrestling business different than everybody else does so when it really comes to his mic work and even if you go listen to his podcast right now he's still doing you know mic work and he's great at it Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good choice i mean people don't understand how hated he was in ecw it was crazy the way he could like he could set a crowd off like that instantly Mm-hmm. Like And they'd like him in the beginning. They'd be liking him. They couldn't wait to see him. And as soon as he started pointing people out, like, I'll see you in the parking lot, fat boy. Like, yelling at and And people were like, I'm going to kill this dude. <laughs> like, throwing things at him. And, and Bubba Ray had a way of, like, turning the crowd against, even if you wanted to see him by the time he put that microphone down, you was like,
1: somebody come out here and whoop him! Yeah, that, that's the thing. Uh, That's uh, the big thing that uh, you should be going for. You should be going for the reaction from the crowd and Bubba got, got some like nobody else in ECW. I feel like one of his most epic
0: promos to me was in TNA when he told Hogan and Brooke like, I used you! <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he killed that when he formed the aces and ace when it was him he was like it was me it was me i did that i didn't want you the whole time i made you fall for it and had brooke crying and the hogan's like i'm gonna kill you brother right <laughs> like great i mean Bubba ray needs that respect so i'm putting him on this list
1: all right, number seven for me is The Miz. In my opinion, The Miz yes. is one of the best mic workers of the modern era.
0: Yeah, I feel like, like that, too.
1: The stuff he did with the Intercontinental title, he didn't do that in the ring. He did that on the microphone. Yeah. Like, that's how it gets you to care about what he's doing. I mean, The Miz is you know, he's an okay wrestler. You know, he's pretty, you know, he's, he's decent, but he's not a great, great wrestler. Yeah. But he makes up for it on the mic, and you know, that's really important. As I said, uh, you gotta be really, really great in one of the other. And Miz is pretty golden on that microphone.
0: Miz has some of those moments where you just you will never you will never forget it. And it seems like he keeps reinventing Miz TV and the Dirt Sheet and all of that, like all these talk shows that he has. But these epic promos that he cut, like none other. Him and Maurice playing John and Nikki. <laughs> I, bought da- I bought you a diamond. Dad, I bought you a diamond. Dallas Page DVD set. <laughs> I'm going to pop the question. balloon in the box. Oh man, that, that was classic stuff, man. His stuff on talking smack against Day when he was talking to Daniel Bryan, he's like, I want to wrestle. With I got real. He's like, Well, why don't you quit then? I got like talking smack, probably was the best show, the best talking show, ever. Like the beginning stages of talking smack was not scripted or none of that. People came on there to cut real promos. That's when I found out how savage Becky was. Mm-hmm. That's when I found out how savage Miz was. That's when you find out how savage Baron Corbin is and how great John Cena is on the mic. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, that's when you true. find it out. When they don't have nobody telling them, well, you're going to cut about this and we want to make sure that you say this. No. Talking Smack let them go. And The Miz had the most
1: viewed moment on that show. That's because it was uh, probably one of the, the best promos of the modern era. Ever cut. It Because was- he couldn't
0: understand why he was the Intercontinental Champion and wasn't on TV that time, that, that night. He could he just couldn't understand. And Daniel Bryan called him a coward, and that was ball game. He said you wrestle like a coward. I wrestle like like he went in. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. Made Daniel Bryan walk off. Renee Young was and just him chasing there like him. I don't
1: know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and chased after Daniel Bryan as he's walking off. Don't you walk away from me, Daniel?
0: That is the, that was, I can understand why The Miz is on here. The Miz has so many epic promos. But yeah. Okay. What am I on? Number seven. Number seven for me is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. And the reason Shawn Michaels is on this is because Shawn has a whole bunch of epic promos. Again, you don't last in the business as long as somebody like Shawn, Triple H, Taker, those type of guys, without being able either to have a manager to cut these epic promos for you or you being able to cut them for yourself. And Shawn has had moments that made you cry, that made you laugh, that made you pity him. You know what I mean? The he was a backstabber, the thing that the sunny days against Bret Hart, that promo that he cut. The I Lost My Smile promo. The uh the promo that he cut in the barbershop telling uh Marty that the Rockers were okay, that they were fine before he kicked them in the face. You know what I mean?
1: Him cutting the promo, throwing the tag team titles away with diesel. And, of course, all the stuff he did with DX, you know, being the degenerate and everything. You're, you, uh, you it's know, the funny segment stuff he did with the, uh, all, Triple H. All <laughs> the segments that he cut, him jumping up doing the
0: sucking in front of, <laughs> you know, them with the white windshield wipers and Sergeant Slaughter spitting. Yeah. All the way down to the point where him and Jericho are cutting a promo on, on uh, the, the highlight reel yeah. and his wife gets punched in the face. You know what I mean? Like, Sean was one of those guys who on the mic can make you either laugh, cry, or sympathize with him. That's definitely true. Uh, and, and his retirement speech is just epic. You know what I mean?
1: I would have thought that Sean Michaels was more known for his in-ring work than he his microphone. But, yeah, I can definitely see why he put him on here. He he knows what he's doing on the mic as he well. He definitely knows what he's
0: doing on the mic. You know what I mean? It's, it's, he's one of those guys where he's not the biggest Like he said, I'm not the biggest, I'm not, you know, the most bulky, but I will give you everything I have every single time I step in that ring.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know what I mean? So, I love Sean's promos.
1: Yeah, I get that. All right, number six for me. Number six is uh, CM Punk. He's another one of those guys that can do funny segments, but my favorite stuff from him is whenever he gets real. Because back in the PG era, CM Punk, he was, like, lethal on this microphone. He was an outlaw on this microphone.
0: Ever since the pipe bomb, people were afraid of what he would do to them on that microphone.
1: But the fans, man, we definitely eat it up every single, every time. single time. Like, he's one of them edgy uh st- He's one of them edgy guys on the microphone. He says what's on his mind. He says how he feels about things. That pipe bomb probably is one of the most
0: epic promos yeah, It of definitely all is. Time. Like,
1: it just shattered the fourth wall with that one. It dude.
0: did. It, it not only shattered the fourth wall, but it gave CM Punk life. Like, it revised yeah, it him in a way where people really had to pay. It be, he became the biggest star in wrestling at the time mm-hmm. with that promo with the things that he was saying was crazy, like literally staring at the camera, High Cabana waving at people in other companies and telling John Cena he's better at kissing Vince McMahon's butt than he is and saying that the company will probably be better when Vince dies. But it'll go to his stupid daughter and his doofus son-in-law. You know what I mean? Like he's calling everybody out. At one time. And they
1: cut his mic off. And one of the things that really stands out to me that I've never seen before, at least not till, till Roman. Okay? And that's somebody who has Paul Heyman by his side, but he still does all the talking anyway. Yes. Like, during his run as WWE Champion, Paul Heyman was always out there with him, but still, Punk still always had the microphone. Always... Going on and on about he, how he's the best in the world and how this, that, and the third. He's the greatest this. Right. You greatest rarely
0: there. see Paul Heyman take a back seat when it to comes anybody to anybody on work. the
1: microphone, but he definitely took one of to CM Punk, and uh, that definitely says something.
0: Definitely, definitely. CM Punk is epic on that microphone, and I can see why he's up there. All right, number six for me is Jake the Snake Roberts. Love this one. Now, see, Jake the Snake was a different type of beast on a microphone because in an era where everybody was yelling until the veins were popping out of their neck, the warrior and Hogan and Macho Man and everybody yelling, Jake the Snake took a completely different approach. That's what makes him
1: unique. He made people shut up and listen to him because he talked quiet. Yeah, he didn't have to do all the yelling and screaming and doing all this extra stuff. You know, that's what that's what made Jake the Snake unique on the microphone. In an age where, you know, you go out there and you have a shouting match against yourself or whatever. Yeah. You know, Jake the Snake didn't have to do all that. He he was good enough on the mic to where he gets the point across, but he don't got to yell at he you. He was too good
0: on the mic because when he was a heel, it seemed cold and yeah, and, like almost, is, yeah, vicious. almost, like almost serial killer, like yeah, most definitely. And then when he was a good guy, it was like sympathetic. You almost felt bad and didn't want to see him get in the ring. Yeah, I mean, down to the part where he was like. I, the last days where I can remember was him in, like, the King of the Ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's, you know, talking about his favorite, his Bible verses and how God's got his back. And you're almost like, please don't step in the ring with this guy. Yeah, Like, he just got his lip kicked off and went to the back and put glue on it and sent them back out there. We don't want you to step in there, Jake. <laughs> but when he was a heel he made you cry for the guys he was going against. Like, having, having the snake bite macho man and still the... Like, you can see kids in the audience mm-hmm. crying and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's feel- sitting there laughing, like, eyeballing with the snake, laughing and stuff. And, like, it was so
1: good. I feel like Jake pretty much invented the style of uh, cold, dangerous... Quiet type wrestler. Now, yeah. I don't remember anybody do what well, they might help, but I don't remember anybody doing it as well as he well, does before um, it, it, Before him, like you'd have to
0: be in studio yeah. in one of those studios to kind of get one of those quiet promos off, and and most of the time in the end they end up shouting anyway. Yeah. Jake just turned the volume down, and you you could hear a pin drop when he was cutting the promo. Yeah, like people were like shh. And you could hear him like, just quietly like, when I step in that ring, Damien on my shoulder. You're going to see I'll drop you so fast with that DDT that it'll make your head spin. It was, it was just
1: eerie, man. He was, DDT, he was scary on the, greatest the microphone. move in
0: professional wrestling, the most deadly move in professional wrestling. He was just scary on he the was, microphone. He was terrifying. Yeah. So yeah, number six, Jake the Snake Roberts.
1: Alright uh, number five for me is uh Bobby the Brain Heenan. Woo. I feel like Bobby the Brain pretty much in uh revolutionized the heel manager. You know, he did so such uh, great work on the microphone and those backstage segments he was funny, but he was also serious when he was talking about his guys and how we're the best at everything and everything. Uh, I feel like like I said, he was uh, he's a revolutionary as far as managers go. Yeah, He was a manager of a lot of champions yeah. too. I mean he I mean that,
0: that amazing promo that I can remember was the one he cut on Hogan. Like you've always wanted to be his friend, cause you knew you couldn't beat him.
1: <laughs> well, this man has had a change of heart, and he's challenging you for the heavyweight title. Yeah, and then uh, he he also uh, went over the commentary. Was really good at that too. Crazy commentary
0: like, with Gorilla Monsoon, right? You know, Crazy. he's one of the. That's one of my favorite commentary teams ever. Was. Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Right, he's
1: a uh, one of the legendary. He, part of one of the most legendary commentary teams in history. Yes, uh, that and his working WCW. You know, he's yeah. uh, known for that too. Yeah, I mean Heenan was, I mean one
0: again one of those guys whose career was built on that microphone. A killer on the microphone. He was a straight killer on that. Like microphone. if
1: he didn't tell me, like if he didn't mention that he was a wrestler. I wouldn't have known it was wrestler. I would have thought that he was just a manager. A, his a manager whole his whole career, and like I would have had no problem with that because that's he because, was that yeah. great of a manager. That's
0: because like when you were growing up watching wrestling, that's all you knew, hand and ass. Yeah, you know what I, I never mean. Never seen him me too, a match. in the '80s. I grew in the '80s, and he was. He was a manager the whole the whole time where I was growing up. So that's all I knew Heenan as was a microphone guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One and of the they, best microphones guys. One of the best. One of the best. Definitely. All right. Number five on my list is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Vince McMahon. <laughs> Why wouldn't Vince be on this list of the greatest promo cutters ever? Because Vince has some of the most epic promos ever
1: the Dewan is on the microphone. He, really he
0: was killed. a killer on commentary. He was. I mean, he's got so many taglines from no chance in hell that you're going to win. From you're fired to the kiss my ass club <laughs> to it's me, Austin. <laughs> it was me all along. You all bought it. (laughs) I mean, Vince is just one of those, one of like another person who's really slept on. I remember entertaining almost almost every Raw, like through the Attitude Era. I can remember the show starting with Vince and the Corporation coming (laughs) out, or Vince and the Stooges coming out, or just Vince coming out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Vince is just. I mean he's uh he's so good on a microphone that he was able to cut a promo on God. Yeah. How could you not like be like, "What is this dude doing? Who has the audacity to cut a promo on God?" You are cra- you are out- you have to be out of your mind literally to sit in front of thousands of people and try to mock God. You are crazy. He is insane. And when he gets on that mic, he'll say anything. He made it work, though. He'll say anything. He'll do anything. You can chop Vince's
1: head off, and he will keep going. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of those uh, professionals. Uh, he's always been a really great on the mic, either on commentary or as his character is uh, Mr. McMahon. Now, that's all where great characters uh, stem from great mic work. Yeah, that mic work, man. And Vince is one of
0: the best at it. I mean, we've seen him cut a promo right before swimming in beer. And my favorite moment of all time is, you
1: people think this is funny! (laughs) But DX put helium in his voice. Yeah, uh, man. Like, I uh, mean, when DX was his microphone when, all the way up. When DX
0: was messing with him in <laughs> like two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand six, yeah, two thousand six around there. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, Vince had what? some. Of, Vince had some of the funniest moments ever. I mean, from that long walk down the hall where he runs into an alien. And then runs into the, the dancing fat guy. And then runs into like Socko. And then we're like, he's just walking down the hall to get to the ring. It felt like that should have got an Emmy. Him like in the bathroom peeing on Coach's leg. And him yelling like, what are you doing in here? Like, I mean, him getting out of the limo that just had the wheels ripped off and not saying a word, just screaming. Ah, that damn <laughs> <D-X>. <laughs> I mean, it was Vince has to be on
1: this list, man. Yeah. He has to. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Alright, uh number four for me is uh Roddy Piper. Who I feel yes. like uh Roddy's uh pretty much invented the whole bad guy loose gimmick, uh loose cannon gimmick on the microphone. It was great, man. and <sighs> if just, it was
0: one person. That you did not want to see in the, on the mic in the eighties, Roddy
1: Piper. Oh my God. Like he just he just gets so as Bill Maher, <laughs> he just gets so enthusiastic with it, and he just take it to, he just take it to places that uh you didn't think that anybody would take it to, you know, get all uh energetic with it, and uh of course he's uh he says things that some people don't understand sometimes, but. He he makes it work. Like, that was the, that was their the promos where not everything made sense on the microphone, but they made it work with their enthusiasticness and all the other stuff and all. He was also one of the first people to have a talk show as a wrestler. Yeah, you know? the Piper's, Piper's Pit.
0: Pit. Yeah, baby. I mean, William Shatner's been on there. He's had all types of stars on that joint. I mean, I, I can remember... Uh, The the Piper's Pit with Jimmy Snooker. Yeah. Man, that's such an epic promo where he end up smacking Jimmy Snooker in the head with the coconut. I mean, Roddy Piper was one of those guys all the way up to the day he died had influence because, I mean, Rowdy Ronda Rousey named herself after Rowdy Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. I mean... This dude, it was one of those guys. That he's like, oh, he he does he he does he's crazy. He's like, oh god, I've been crazy for a long time. Yeah. You just got in here with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, I feel like he invented the whole loose cannon gimmick on the microphone. I mean, and I can remember
0: the talk show where Bill Maher asked him was wrestling fake, and he's like, oh, he's like, uh, uh, him and Sting, him and Sting and Medusa. Actually, and he pulled his pants down. He said, "You see that? Does that look fake to you? Does that look fake?" He's like, "Look, broken wrist. Been broken for eight months." And he sits back down. And dudes like, "Oh, well, you're 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 going in there." He's like, "He's like, you're like, you know, don't sit here and tell me that something's fake to me." He's like, "Well, that's coming from a guy who, uh, you know, from a guy who wrestled with other men." And I don't really believe in that. He's like, well, how'd you get this show? Like scan the whole audience was like, oh. Like Roddy had those moments where he would, if you trying to, if you trying to go heads up with him, bad idea. Bad idea. He's gonna embarrass you on that microphone (laughs) all the way all the way up to Legends House, Mm -hmm. where he was already in his like sixties. And he's up at 2 in the morning playing the piano. People are like, go to sleep. Go to sleep. He's like, shut up.
1: I do what I want
0: when I want. Like, you don't want to go at him no time. Roddy was one of those guys. And when it comes to that microphone, he'll tear you in half. Period. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. All right. Number four on my list is Mick Foley. My guy Mick Foley made three separate characters with three separate attitudes, actually four cuz Foley actually counted as a fourth with him being a comic and tell writing books and telling stories, but I mean this guy went from Cactus I mean, we can go all the way back to ECW days to the Cactus Jack WCW, to WCW. Days. Where he was like crazy, deranged, demented, Cactus Jack would do anything, take any types of bumps type of thing. But when he got to ECW and he saw that Kane Dewey sign, which was his son, he Mm -hmm. flipped the script on the fans. And he started cutting these epic promos about he could start wearing a suit and tie. (laughs) And and he's carrying a teddy bear to the ring. And he's doing six minute headlocks on people. And really like flipped the script. And his mic work was epic at that time. When he got drafted to WWE and he turned into Mankind, I feel like Mankind wasn't really respected on the microphone until he did that interview with Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. That interview with Jim Ross, where he was telling his real life story, was some of the epic. Well, I mean, it was. It made fans actually sympathize with him. Yeah, he was what he actually like turned his whole gimmick around from just a crazy, you know, he likes pain. Look at him. He likes it to a reason why he was doing this. He was telling them like, you know, I was young. I, I'm i young. Kids are making fun of me. I saw this worm, you know, so I ate the worm and I saw the people, the look on kids faces and I liked it. I liked how I was making them crazy. He showed uh, actual video of him jumping off the roof. He wanted to be dude love. Mm-hmm. That's who he imagined himself as. He think you think he wanted to have one ear? I mean mm-hmm. at the end of the when that interview ended and he ended up slapping JR's head off and putting him in the mandible claw, and people were like, I can't believe
1: JR is wrong. And we're like, what do you mean, I was wrong? He just almost
0: got killed. But people actually
1: sympathize with Foley. Yeah, Mick Foley's definitely another one of those guys that slept on the microphone. As you said, he's got uh, four different characters. Completely different. He completely made them all different. Work. All and the way from to do to love. Yeah, that do love thing. Yeah. And then... Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, it was uh, Mick Foley in like uh, 99 or so when he won the title. You know, he just had a way to make people believe in him and have people get behind him. And that was his work on the microphone. Like he made you want to see him succeed.
0: Yeah. And not only that, man, after his title run, that part when he got with The Rock, who could stand up on the mic with The Rock? And he did the This Is Your Life segment. He created Saco. And then when he became the commissioner, (laughs) oh, my God, he was the best. Like, I looked so forward to seeing him to figure out where his office was going to be at. Yeah. It
1: was crazy.
0: And he came with another catchphrase. And that decision is final. Boom, with the gavel. (laughs) I mean. Is that where he got to have a nice day? No, he already had the have a nice day a long time ago, and then the cheap pops thing wherever he was at, here in St. Louis, Missouri.) <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fo- Foley is one of those Foley guys was great on the mic. who's heralded for his hardcore skills, mm-hmm. who's heralded for all the bleeding and pain and damage that he's took over the years. But for don't forget, that man
1: was a genius on that microphone. Very entertaining. Alright, number three. Number three for me is Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman cuts a promo like nobody else. It's just you know crazy. He uses all these big words and he just drives his point home really well. And he as a manager he just pumps out champions like nobody's business. Yeah. You know, Brock, uh he managed Kurt when he was WWE champion, Team Angle. You know, and then big the big show, the, B, the big show, and then uh, the ECW. Rob that damn. He did uh yeah, he managed RVD and ECW managed champions. Oh, let's not let's not forget like let's not drift over to WCW,
0: the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, you know what I'm saying Well, he used to walk out with that huge
1: cell phone. Yeah, yeah, Paul Heyman is definitely in the league on his own yeah. with those promos.
0: Yeah, he's been one of those guys for years, and like I said, he's another one of those guys. Where well, you can have 100,000 people say a whole paragraph with you. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, right. my name is Paul Heyman.
1: We all know who you are, Paul.
0: And I am the advocate for <laughs> we the all know reigning, you defending, Undisputed. He said it every time.
1: (coughs) We all know who you are. We all know what you do. But we'll listen to it anyway because you're not
0: entertaining. And he had 100,000 people say it with him. With him. Not behind him. I mean, every single word. And Paul is just one of those guys who can do that. And I love his work right now on Talking Smack. Yeah. Because on talking Smack... he puts people on he on is Smack. building new stars out of older people. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely he puts made, people on, on He put Smack. on Cesaro. Mm-hmm. He put on Tamina and Natalia. He put that fire under Kofi again. Mm-hmm. He put that fire under Big E as a solo superstar. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman is making people realize that potential that they have in them. With the words that he said to to Tamina and Natalia were crazy. He was like, you know, your father would whoop your ass if he saw what you were doing right now. And now don't even let me tell you what your father would do to you if he saw what you were doing. And it fired them up. Yeah. And they're tag team champions right now. <laughs> like that's
1: promo work right there. Yeah, most definitely. Paul, I mean, Paul Hammond has always been one of the best at it. He could just hold the uh, crowd with every word that he says. he just leave you hanging on every word that he's saying. And that's <laughs> that's
0: not a prediction. Mm-hmm. That's a spoiler. Yeah. Definitely. Alright, we are down to the nitty. So, number three on my list is The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, uh, has one of my favorite promos of all time. Uh, Hard hard work, baby. You don't know what hard times is. (laughs) Them hard times. Hard times is when the plumbers is laid off. And when they go home, they don't have no food to feed their families. Hard times when the automotive workers is out of work. And they don't have nothing to go home to. See, Ric Flair, you don't know about hard times. Like, Dusty built half of the stars in NXT. Half of the stars that we have now is because of Dusty Rhodes.
1: And that promo class. Everybody always talks about his promo classes. Like I said, Dusty is uh, definitely one of a kind on the microphone. It's just the way he delivered his promos. And the things that it was, he said—it it was something, just always so entertaining. It was something so real about you just, right. That's the thing. Like he just—he was very relatable. You know, it made you feel like you knew him. It made you feel like you were buddies and your pals with him. And uh, you know, it was like one of your best friends. You known him for years because he was that relatable on that microphone. Just
0: like he said, and one of my favorite promos, "The Hard Times." My belly may be a little big. My honey may be a little big. I don't look like these wrestlers that's out here today, but I, but you better believe I'm going to go out here and give it everything I have. For sure, man. Dusty is the man. And that promo class that Dusty had, like, even when he was managing Cody and Dustin and he mm-hmm. cut that promo with Trip and Steph, you know, pe- people back, people always say that backstage they were hot. Because he got a little bit too real with them right there with Tripp and Steph. Put his hand in Stephanie's face like, "Uh uh-uh, little gal, step back. Hmm. Like, I'm going to tell you something. Like, that dude was a genius on the microphone. And if he's any indication of how great he was based on the people that he built, like the Seth Rollins, the Sasha Bankses, the Charlotte Flair's, the Becky Lynch's, you know, the Big E's, the Bray Wyatt's. You know what I'm saying? Those are like the masters on the microphone. And if they all went into Dusty's promo class, Dusty's a genius, dude. Yeah, Period. most
1: definitely. Period. He can he can not only uh do it from himself and he can also bring out great promos and other people. And other
0: people. Like he's the reason that Bailey created the character of Bailey. Because when she was just she's cutting these weird promos. And then she's like, well, she got reals. Like, I'm just happy to be here. You know what I mean? I just love being around here in this room. And he's like, keep with that. It's something there. It's something there. And he built the most popular female wrestler ever off of a whim of what he thought Mm -hmm. she was supposed to be like. Because it really was her turned up. And when I hear Dusty's promos,
1: that's really him turned up. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, uh, number two for me is Ric Flair, one of the greatest ever. And now I gotta say, woo! Like it's just the way he carried himself on the microphone. He made you think that he was the most important person in the world, he not was. just in the wrestling business, in the world, he, man. because of the things, because of the way he cut his promo. I mean, he's had things
0: named after him, rap songs called Ric Flair. The flare chops. Mm-hmm. The if you if you go out and spend out buying out the bar and stuff it's called nation.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, given the time and era he was in, you know the eighties and everything. You know he was uh, also very unique because he didn't have to uh, really do the over the top promos that you saw in the WWF where he'd come out there screaming about Lord knows what and everything. You know he didn't do the. Unorthodox promos where he just talked about anything, you know. He he talked he about talked things about that uh, him. right. He talked about things that matter to most people. He money clothes. I got this
0: hundred thousand dollar watch around my wrist. Alcohol. I got, I got the, the most beautiful women in the world. Right, I get drinking the finest champagne, and none of that matters
1: to the nature boy. Not like this NWA title right here. Right, you know he, he talks about things that we can relate to, fancy things, uh, money, clothes, cars, flying in jets. Yeah, like he's the he's the
0: jet flying, kiss stealing. Well, at least things that we wish we could relate to. Jet
1: flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing—son of a gun! He talked about things that we wish we could relate to. I say he'll—he talked about things that he related to that we would never get. Who can? (laughs) He say I'm the limousine riding, jet
0: flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing—son of a gun that can kiss any woman in the audience, even that fat one right there. (laughs) I mean, and and then like. He reinvented himself again when he got into TNA because when he was cutting that promo with Jay Lethal, like, that's the most shared promo ever. Him and Jay Lethal wooing at each other. He had the woo off with Kurt. I mean, it seemed like he just got finer on the mic the older that he got because he just had a new, like... Invigoration about himself to go at these guys in a different way. It yeah. wasn't about what he had. Yeah, ignored. not
1: and that. When he got to the oldest of year, it wasn't about what he had. It was about what he's done. Done for the wrestling business. That's where he really uh, exactly. went. Exactly. You know? and, and one of my favorites was when Sean told him, called him Old Yeller
0: mm-hmm. and told him he was going to have to take him out back and put him out of his misery. And he flipped out. <laughs> he's like, Old Yeller! <laughs> Your old yellow. He flipped out. That I mean, Rick definitely deserves. He's one of the greatest promo cutters ever yeah. of all time of all time period. Yeah. Um, number two on my list is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold is one of those guys who, I mean, I feel like his career was like a flatlining kind of until he cut that promo. At the King of the Rings. You talk about thumping your Bible, your Psalms, and your Johns 316. Austin 316
1: says, I just whooped your ass. One of the most quoted promos ever. ever. Like that promo will go down in history as one of the greatest. As one of the greatest promos ever. ever. It
0: made, completely made a but superstar. That night. That night, like that night. Mm. The next night on Raw, all you saw was Austin 316 signs. It was Mm. crazy. From one promo, he made himself the biggest star in the business. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before. You know what I mean? And then week after week, he'd come out cutting promos on Vince and cutting promos on The Rock. Him and The Rock had some of the best back and forths ever. Ever in the wrestling business, and I'm not being like over dramatic about it, I'm literally saying Rock and Austin had the greatest wrestling feud of all time. Yeah, I would definitely say that, and the only one you could put above it is Austin McMahon, mm. and once again, another feud that lasted years and Austin and Rock lasted years and transitioned titles from the IC title to the world title and the promos that they were cutting back and forth from Austin standing on top of that beer truck give me a hell yeah and the, giving his eulogy yeah, oh man and Austin cutting that epic promo before he threw all the stuff off the bridge <laughs> and, then, that was hilarious. and then when he turned heel he got hilarious yeah, who knew he could be so funny with him
1: singing the Vince and wanting no. to hug all the time. No, no, one of the and things go. that kills me when it was doing the the heel alliance thing was uh, his his interactions with Taz. Uh, the actions with Taz were freaking hilarious. There was one time when all the Alliance members are in the ring and, and they all got, got a Stone Cold shirt. the WCW shirts are Stone Cold shirts, and here comes Taz in his shirt. And he's like, his is own that shirt. a WCW shirt? No, is that a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt? <laughs> no, no, no. It's one of my shirts. And then they rip it off of him and he puts on an ECW shirt or something like that. that, that was pretty now, hilarious. I mean, him,
0: him singing the Vince
1: Jimmy yeah. corn, and Jenny I don't Black care. Blackberry.
0: Yeah. Because, <laughs> 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 I mean, and then the what, yeah. what, what, it got so annoying. And, and people still doing today.
1: today. They still do that today. One word, the most basic word in the English language And Stone Cold turns it into a catchphrase. One of the most successful catchphrases of Of all time. (laughs) So, yeah. Number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right. Number one for me is Chris Jericho. Why not? Chris Jericho, in my opinion, is one of the greatest promo cutters. If not the greatest promo cutter that's ever ever done it. Like, he's just so versatile. He could do. he can do entertaining things as a good guy. Entertaining things as a bad guy. He can do it. uh Hell, he can even do it as uh, not so entertaining. You know, as uh, he turned the heel uh when he was wearing a suit and everything. Yeah. He oh, he man. completely he was switched, dramatic, right? He completely flipped the switch. The switch there, and then comes back years later with the list. Chris Jericho. Oh man! Like uh, Chris Jericho's oh, always
0: been I mean, gold on that microphone literally most people debut attacking somebody or coming out of nowhere. He debuted head-to-head
1: head with my number one. <laughs> and he didn't get overshadowed either. And that's it, the thing. like definitely. He held his own with The Rock on, on that microphone. Turned
0: shut the hell up into a catchphrase where there were signs <laughs> with
1: people saying shut the hell up. What the hell is an Ayatollah? A <laughs> rock and roll. What's an You hear me? I mean, no. I'm Do you know what an itola is? Did you just like, make that word up? It's, it's like the
0: the iconic, the oh. icon. Oh, you know, okay. the greatest. Yeah. I mean, Jer- I and mean, And then, not, and then over a clipboard. Yeah, I mean, literally, they were selling clipboards as merch. The list of the Jericho. list of Jericho. I have the shirt. Oh the list of Jericho. You just made the list. <laughs> I mean, Jer- and right now, he has millions of people singing his Judas
1: song. Yeah, that's That's another
0: true. microphone skill where he's a rock
1: star, too. And he can sell champagne now, too. A little, a little bit, bit of the bubbling. Like the, that, that, it never stops. That took over the world. It never stops. That took stops. over the wrestling world about two years ago. Everybody was saying it. It never stops with him. Never. Chris Jericho, in my <laughs> opinion, is the greatest person to ever hit the microphone. And
0: right up there with my number one. My number one, The Rock. I mean, The Rock flipped the script from Rocky Maivia to The Rock during a promo. When he was doing an interview with Michael Cole, he's like, don't call me Rocky anymore. You better damn sure call me The Rock. I'm the people's champion. I mean, his promos with Austin, legendary. You know what I mean? His promos... I mean, all the way up to—they literally have a DVD of just Rock promos. He killed people's career. Billy Gunn was never
1: the same after The Rock. (laughs) The Big Show was never the same after The Rock. (laughs) (laughs) The The Rock's definitely a once in a lifetime superstar. Killed Stephanie McMahon. McMahon every time he got on.
0: That epic promo that he cut on his six Hell in a Cell opponents. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, what can you say? The Rock is, to me, the greatest person on the mic of all time. Like the way he just electrified
1: people. Yeah. Corner The most electrifying. the held the attention of every person in the arena with every word that he said. And not only that, like
0: during his promo, you'd have people doing catchphrase after catchphrase after catchphrase from the most electrifying man in the business and the millions and millions of The Rocks fans all the way down to the jabroni beating oh, wow. <laughs> pie eating <laughs> trailblazing i raising raisin. <laughs> you know what I'm, this yeah. guy is the greatest Michael he's like I heard you like to dance <laughs> oh that was coach that was coach, coach, coach go and ahead and dance, dance coach uh,
1: to- to- yeah to- to- coach Yeah,
0: bend over get your monkey ass out of the rocks picture he's the only person I, I know of track. that refers coach. to
1: himself as himself <laughs> and the two people can speak of themselves in third person and it works him and, and Y2J and, uh, I was going to say him and Elmo No, I was going to say Y2J. Both
0: of our number ones are the only ones who can really speak in third person and nobody bats an eye. Yeah, nobody. So, man, just had to let y'all know. Top 10 list of the greatest promo cutters of all time. We are down to the last seconds. Gotta get it out there, Gunner. Tell them where to reach you. Uh, Matt Lindsay on Facebook, Matt Lindsay677 on Instagram. Our Dog One on Instagram. Our Dog3 on Twitter. Arthur Quinn on Facebook. Sons of Legends21 at gmail.com to email us. And you can always hit us at the website at Redgool.net. Or you can listen to us on YouTube and SoundCloud live every Tuesday at 9 o'clock Central. And that was our list for the greatest promo cutters of all time. Thank you guys for listening to the Sons of Legends. And we'll holler at you guys on the live show tomorrow night. We live. We live, baby. Join us. Holler back, people.